am Sarab Zavaleta with the Foreign Press Association. And today we will talk about the wonderful Sikh parade, one of the most colorful parades in the Big Apple. And we will uh, talk a little bit about the Sikh philosophy, what they believe in and what meaning it gives to our human existence. Uh, Sikhs are settled all over the world, but in the US, they make up about 2% of the population. However, the Sikhs are people who are very optimistic and make a big impact no matter where they are. So I have invited Sardar Harpreet Singh to talk about this colorful and beautiful parade that takes place every year in New York. And he is the original founder and organizer of the parade to this day. He has done multiple things in his life and been very important to his community. Besides being a single father, he's a true representative and a community leader for the Cultural Sikh Society. He also ran for um, city council and he's been a TV producer and made several groundbreaking initiatives. And he's chairman and president of the Sikh Cultural Society. Um, so we have the founder of the parade here. So Harpreet, please tell us about the Sikh Day Parade, how and why it came about and what it means. And I know the, uh, the celebration is called Besaki. Sautapala, Sasrikal, Namaskar, Adab, and Shalom. Because um, Punjabi culture, you know, we have Hindus, Muslims, and of course in New York we have uh, uh, Jewish community also, which is a very strong community. Uh, I'm one of the person who was involved at the very first Sikh Day Parade. And also there is one thing which I would like to say, I'm the chairman of public policy and external affairs. Just want to put the facts straight. Actually, the sex used to go and join India Day Parade in Manhattan. After the 1984 attack on the Golden Temple, which actually infuriated the whole Sikh community throughout the world, they actually bicarted the India Day Parade. And in Manhattan, the India Day Parade floats were also overturned by the young people. And that's when we decided to have our own parade for a couple of reasons. First of all, everybody talks about the attack on Golden Temple, but nobody talks about that 39 historical Gurdwaras were attacked, not just the Golden Temple. That differentiates, you know, for the intellectuals to understand that why uh, the narrative is only being on Golden Temple, not on the others, because that's whatever the you know the government suits. But let's not go in there. And the other thing was, we wanted the people in this country, especially New York City, being the maker of the you know media. We wanted something here who can show who the six are, who we are. 
you know, uh, I'm just going to throw in this uh, real quick that after 9-11, when I was going around, uh, you know, the sex were being attacked, somebody said to me, he said, Harpreet, why don't you say that we're not Muslim? And I said to him, I said, so you are telling me don't hit me, hit him? So he was like, I never thought like that. I said, well, that's the difference. So the question is who we are. What are our foundations, what we believe in, which is, of course, you know, we believe in one God and we believe in praying and we believe in ourselves as humans, irrespective of whether we are men or women, which, uh, Sarabji, you know that Guru Nanak Dev Ji gave equal rights to men and women. So that was the reason why we started Sikh Day Parade. And uh, at the same time, we started also studies at Columbia University. But uh, today, let us concentrate on the parade and related to the related issues with the parade. We will talk about that sometime later on. Mm -hmm. So um, what year did you found, uh, start this parade? The parade, the first parade took place in 1987. Oh, okay. And it started at uh, 40th. 39 and 40th Street on Broadway. And it ended up on um, Union Park on 14th Street, between 14 and 17. That was the original route. I did attend that parade once and even made a report on it for a TV cable network. Um, oh, that's interesting. What year was that? Oh, don't ask me that. <laughs> I'll have to think a little. But anyway. Um, Yes, um, it's it's a wonderful parade, but I'd like you to talk about the parade and what happens during the parade and what it, you know, I this year, I think you had a lot of uh, local government officials attend the parade. Can you mention that and and just talk a little bit and what is happening during that parade? How many sure. turned up to see it? Sure. Um, this year, I think one of the pandemic was one of the reasons that we comparatively, even though we had a great weather, but the attendance was not up to the numbers we expected. But still, we had about, I would say, about 35,000 plus people who attended the parade. Oh, that's wonderful. The elected officials, they started coming, actually, it used to be one or maybe two. But two things happened. One is, of course, uh, as our strength is increasing numerically within the tri-state area, the politician, they need the votes. And they need to go out to where the votes are. That's number one. And I'm talking very frankly, very openly about it. Number two, it benefits the community also in a way that these electeds who were not aware of who the six are or where they came from, with this interaction, they understand our culture now. And because of that understanding, the progress for a person who looks like me with a beard and turban, who, when I came here in 83, will not get a job because of my beard and turban. Now it is getting more as a normalized, at least within New York City and tri-state area. And the people outside uh, within the United States also, those people who are educated, who interact with their community, they understand what it is. Yes, hate crime happens like it happened here. First week of April, 
two attacks on the six. And before that, in 2012, we had uh, Oak Ridge shooting in the Gurdwara. You know, those are the incidences which I personally look at that we need and which I try to do. Did it happen? Yes. Was it wrong? Yes. It should not have happened? Yes. But at the same time, what happened? How you build on that? your community so that you reach out to farther more people so that they not only look at the spectator sitting outside or on the fences, but they start to come into your uh, places of worship, which we call Gurdwaras and start looking at our culture. So Langar is part some, of that. So in some ways, it seems to me that you wanted to do something to get recognized as a legitimate group of people and the parade was a symbol of that as well that the sikhs exist and they they do a lot for uh, and contribute excuse me and contribute a lot to their community and to everybody else around them so, <laughs> so the parade is definitely has done a lot and the sikhs have made tremendous progress to become a very established and recognized group in the US. So six contribution, if you look at uh, from World War One through today, we have contributed tremendously, doesn't matter where we went, where we established ourselves. And Sikh philosophy itself, the philosophy of equality with the freedom of faith, freedom of religion, without your caste, color, and creed being equal. That is the fundamentals of Sikh philosophy. And again, Sikh Day Parade also shows that, that the kids, the women, the men, intermingling, walking together, serving the food together, sitting together, that shows, and of course, the vibrant colors, the culture of Punjab. That is what uh, the Sikhism is about. That is what the culture is about. and. Yes, the Punjabi culture and the Sikhism, it is such a, a combination. Anybody who once walks into it, understands it, doesn't want to leave it at all again. Well, I, uh, from what I have learned, and actually I was born in a Sikh family myself, um, what I learned from the beginning is that it's a very progressive religion. It preaches people to work hard and then if they are successful to share with everybody else and help everyone, help your community. And I think the sharing of food to all peoples, no matter what, where they come from, what religion they are, they are welcomed and they are fed. So this, uh, and I think this tradition may come back a little bit from uh, in uh, the Punjab being the breadbasket of India, where agriculture was a very thriving um, occupation. Uh, so, well, yeah, go ahead. You finish, then I will, I will add to it what my thoughts are. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was, I was interested in you talking about the equality of man. Guru Nanak, the founder of the Sikh religion, he said, all human beings are equal, men and women. So how does that belief extend to us today? 
Well, let me put it down this way. Your first thing, then this one, I'm going to put it together. Uh, yes, Punjab was bred by Ashkut of India. It is still is, but even though it was, it is divided. But giving and sharing tradition was started by Guru Nanak, especially the free kitchen. The fundamental of Sikhism is Kirt Karni Nam Japana Vand Shakna. Kirt Karni working hard you understand that nam japna you know praying and one shakna means sharing when we talk about sharing we're not just talking about sharing the food we're talking about sharing whatever you have if you don't have the food you have the money you give the money if you have neither one of them you put in your efforts your labor that is also sharing and during the pandemic six were the only one who had their kitchens open and serving the food to homeless people to the places where there was nobody to serve the food because everybody was afraid of covid but we kept our kitchens open we will prepare the food go out and new york times covered it on the front page that is what sex philosophy is and guru nanak devji when he said he put up women at par with the men that how you can condemn someone who gives the birth to the kings you know so i think progressive yes we use the term progressive it is a more um if i may say it sounds very interesting but sex religion has always been there when we talk about interfaith look at it Guru Granth Sahib have Bani's, the writings from who? From Hindu saints, Muslim saints, parts. Mm -hmm. And when we go to Guru Granth Sahib, we are actually going to that one creator who actually is one for everybody, irrespective of your caste, color, or creed, or where you came in from. Mm -hmm. Kabir Ji Di Bani. Pagat Kabir Ji Di. All right. You know, so, so that's what Sikhism is about. Yes, yes. Um, let me ask you about <clears throat> why women sit separately from men in the in the Gurdwara or the temple of the Sikhs. Why they are still separated? Well, that, that's a very interesting question. And uh, some fanatics, they may uh, try to choke me down uh, if they can. But I will tell you exactly what it is. You walk into the Gurdwara to pray okay and you do not want any distraction distractions based on men getting attracted to the women and vice versa so you sit on the one side the women sit on the other side yes the, they may admire each other's uh, suits or war comedy. men uh, are le least uh, la less interested in that but they are more interested in uh, you know, um, the to... sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can say that. But when you go into the langar, the where the kitchen where the food is served, they they are sitting together, they are eating together. Mm -hmm. There is no discrimination. Nobody even questions you. Oh, this is why you are sitting next to a lady, or why the ladies are sitting with the men. No, nobody questions that because. That again goes to the foundation of sex religion that you are equal in his eyes. Um, I want to 
go back to the parade mm -hmm. because the parade symbolizes the identity of the Sikhs. Mm -hmm. How did that come about? Well, the identity of the Sikhs, right now the, what we are looking at the parade, there is one part missing, which I am trying to get it back in there. There used to be at the end of the parade, Pangada and Gita. So which is part of the culture? Yeah, just, we have just the, say it in English, what Bhangra and Gita is. <laughs> Pangra is, of course, the, the men's dance in Pangra. Everybody knows that. Gita actually is the ladies' dance. In Punjab, when you go there at the weddings, you have Gita. And the people who have seen Gita, which I'm definitely you must have seen and participated in it. Especially it has weddings, its, yeah. Oh, yeah. It has its own charm. Pangra has its own beat. You know, everybody starts, uh, you know, dancing with it. So that's the cultural part of the Sikhism. Yes, Bhangra actually, Bhangra you know? is a dance originating from Punjab, yeah, with the Sikhs. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And Gita also is a basic Punjabi, uh, uh, you know, um, dwelled in on the, that river of uh, the five rivers area which is Punjab from Punjab you know uh, that's what Punjab stands for uh, Ab is water of course a body of five waters which is five rivers so that's the origin and identity when it came down to the Sikhism we we wanted to like every other prayed you know, you have Israeli prayed, you have, uh, you know, Puerto Rican day prayed, you have, you name it, everybody has their prayed. But so, I want to know how did the tradition of growing your beards and hair and turban came about? That's the story we would like to hear because I think the parade <coughs> is based on that with the Punjabis. Well, you if, talked about Punjab, which is five waters, there's the rivers, then Guru one of the gurus also chose five disciples or i know the story actually but yeah. briefly how did this identity the symbols of sikh identity come about well if let me take you back to certain things here about the hairs that's what the question is well, it's the five Ks. You talk about that. five Ks. Here's is the important part because the most visible is your beard and turban. You know the hairs. Okay. Look at uh, Orthodox Christianity. Their pope does not clean shave. Look at show me a picture of Jesus Christ clean shaved. Which I'm trying to say is every saint in every religion never had clean shave. Never went clean shave because it is the creation of God, which six accepted as it is. The beard, growing the hairs, that's what it was. And 5K, we have the kanga, which is the clean, to keep your hairs clean, we have the comb. Kacha, which is the special kind of uh, undergarment, you know. Uh, kada, which actually is shows you universality of the human race round it's without ending which means we are all one 
one way or the other we are connected okay kanga kacha kada and kirpan kirpan is the sword which we carry the small one and also the importance why sword is so important sword actually for sex is the power of god it is not your power to show that's why sikhism is a saint soldier uh, religion you have to be a saint to be a soldier and soldier cannot be a soldier without a sword and interestingly even today when head of one state goes to the another country they give you the salute with the 21 guns or 31 guns or 51 guns but before that salute happens what happens you are marching and there is a gentleman marching in front of everybody with sword in his hand which is basically the power and whose power the power of the god it's not your power it's not my power it's the power of god and you have to be a saint to make a proper judgment how and where to use it that's why the sword is so important so i think we need to say how it originated the origins of the parade and what it meant and before guru gobind singh that you mentioned the Sikhs no, didn't have these rules of how to wear your turban or your hair or anything. So, but however, in, the, in that region of Asia, mostly men mostly wear a turban of one shape or another. So let's talk about how this came about. The, the, by identity, I meant those five Ks of the Sikhs that they carry out to this, this day, even five, 600 years later. Well, if you really look at the history of the humankind, turban, the hair, as far as the hairs are concerned, if you look at from Guru Nanak Dev Ji, the founder of Sikh religion, every guru had the unshorn hair. The turban actually is considered not just to cover your hairs, but it is also considered a crown. If you walk into any king's court, you had to, doesn't matter, there were people who had the turbans on within when i was growing up i have seen the people walking into our house who will have that you know small turban on their head but before they will walk in they will take it off the six don't because for us you it signifies that you are the master of your own destiny you are the king of your destiny that's where the, it's uh, linked and Guru Gobind Singh Ji codified it by baptizing the Sikhs as a nation, not as an individual. Whenever we go around, people get baptized individually. Guru Gobind Singh Ji started this tradition by baptizing the Sikhs as a nation on a Vesaki in 1699. And that's what history is. And the Sikhs had committed to carry that on as a part and parcel of their, not only their identity, but that's what the Sikh religion is about. And it, it has, it is a very integral part of the Sikh religion. Well, and parades yeah. are part of that extension to let other people understand why we have all these. There are people who will come in and uh, they may ask you questions, which is good because unless the questions are asked, you really don't get the answers. And this is where the answers lie. And Sikh Day Parade again in Manhattan was a very small step 
even though we have multiple players these days in tri-state area and throughout the United States, at that time, that was the only parade in the United States on the East Coast, the Sikh Day Parade, when we started it. For me, Sikhism, when we look at not just as a Sikh, but even if I put myself outside the Sikh religion and then look at it, I have looked at very other various religions and Sikhism teaches you, which I, I still have to find in, you know, which I hope I will find somewhere in other faiths also, that you cannot respect your religion unless you respect other person's religion, That's which again goes down to fundamentals of humans respecting the other person as a human, giving that equality. And those are the foundations and that's what Sikhism is built on. And when that's why within the, you know, when we go out on the Sikh day parade, uh, even though we just distribute, it's not just the food which we distribute, there are other items which are distributed. And also again, during the pandemic, the money was given to the people who could not buy who were not interested in the South Asian food or who were not, who will not eat the way we cook, the money was given to them. Why? Because we believe again, that how to serve the humankind, humanity, how to be a human, which is more important. You can, I, I always tell my kids that you can be a Sikh, you can be a Muslim, you can be a Hindu, you can be a Jew, you can be anybody. Hardest part is to become a human. If you become a human, then you are a better person than the other persons who look down on you. And well, being a sick, you do not look down on anybody. You look at everybody as an equal person. And that's where Sikhism's ethics lies. That's a very, very interesting and good explanation of um, equality and tolerance. To me, tolerance is extremely important. Oh, and, yes, yes. And the Sikhs and even the Hindus have been tolerant throughout the centuries, I think, if I'm right. But I also believe, now having listened to you, I think the Sikhs deserve a Nobel Prize for peace. I'm I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> so I, I hope that one day the Nobel Committee will award that to the Sikh community. And it should be, it should have been done way back, but then again, you know, uh, nitty gritty, I don't know how, uh, because I'm not that educated, it's uh, for the philosophers and uh, uh, the really well-educated people to look into that, that how you can have a community mm -hmm. represented with a gold medal, especially what they are doing right now in Ukraine, going out there serving food to the refugees, even during this war on in Poland and Moldova. It's it's amazing. Yes. It's really amazing. I, yes, it's it's wonderful that the Sikh communities come out in in, in large numbers and help everybody. They went to Syria. Can you imagine they went to Syria and also helped the mm -hmm. people in Syria? Yeah, I think Again, they that's, that's, everywhere. A, everywhere. that's humanity, you know?
Yeah. So I do think they deserve a Nobel Peace Prize as a community. But I agree with I, you. You start the uh, process and I will work with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Um, what did Guru Nanak Ji preach about renunciation and meditation? I think that's an important issue in today's world. That's my one question. And then I have another one. Yeah. Well, it's a very interesting that you asked that question renunciation if you look at other faiths they talk about renouncing the word but guru nanak dev ji said the word word which you renounced when you are hungry you come back to the same word asking for bread to because you are hungry you need food you are coming there if you want to achieve and be one with the God, you cannot run away from his creation. Families are the creation of the God. And when you renounce the families, in a way, indirectly, you are renunciation, renunciating his creation. How you can go about that, and in the meantime, you can say, oh, you know, I believe in uh, prayers and Nam Japna by doing the prayers, I will uh, achieve, um, I think it is called, the word is called moksha. The, you know, when you become one with the him, uh, I think that's the word. But how you can do that if you are fundamentally renouncing his creation, which is the families. And that's why renunciation is not the answer. Living within the communities, serving the communities, and still praying. That's why Kirtakarni Nam Japana. Kirtakate, where you do the kirt, where you work in the communities. And that's when you do you do kirt, you pray, and then you share. And that's where that moksha lies, that's where it lies where you will achieve your oneness with a greater God. And what about meditation? Um, some people when, believe you have to sit for long periods of time to meditate. Well, when, yeah, when I say about Nam Japna or prayers, that's a meditation, you know. Um, meditation, people talk about it, that okay, you know, you sit down, and uh, you pray without any break, without any um, distraction in his name. But human body, you get hungry after a couple of hours. So how you can actually concentrate on meditation if you are hungry? That you when, don't have to sit and meditate for long periods of time. It's because you're taking away time from working and uh, helping others. Yeah. The, 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 meditation actually you know guru nanak ji believed again that that kind of meditation where you do nam japna while you are serving the fellow humans that is the biggest meditation when guru nanak dev ji fed those hungry saints for him that was also part of the meditation for guru nanak dev ji how even though he was serving the food but he was meditating his name Okay, so what you're saying is that meditation can be even while you're doing things. You can be meditating. Exactly, exactly. So That's what Gulanga... does not mean that you 
sit down, cross-legged, and just do nothing. Yeah, okay. or That's renounce the word. Yeah, or renounce the word because I'm going to go for meditation and this. No, no, that's the meditation can be done while you are working, you are, you know, praying while you are doing whatever you are doing, you know, that, that's what uh, it is all about. Uh, um, I just want to mention quickly that Sikhs mm -hmm. have had a long, in the Punjab, in that area of the world, have had a long history of many wars and having to defend themselves. Mm -hmm. um, what just what just tell us one great thing that Maharaja Ranjit Singh did for the Sikhs in the Punjab well first of all what Maharaja Ranjit Singh did it was not only for the Sikhs he did it for everybody who lived in Punjab the Hindus the Muslim because he brought stability to that region after a long time of invasions, that's where invasions stopped. And that actually gave a greater India stability, even though the Britishers uh, conquered the India, Punjab was the last province to fall. Mm -hmm. And India at that time before Pakistan and Bangladesh, what India was, it was part of Maharaja Ranjit Singh's empire which actually created that kind of stability to make the rest of India stable. And okay. that was the role of Maharaja Ranjit Singh. He did and unify. For the Sikhs, for the Sikhs, what he did was he actually put the Sikhs on international maps when he went out, have agreements with the French to train the soldiers. He provided the best education at that time and even after Britishers conquered Punjab, they realized how good education system was established by Maharaja Ranjit Singh in Punjab. Now the historians are digging it out. So, and I'm pretty sure down the road, there will be more information which you or, and I will be able to share so as we dig a, out more information. So it was a Renaissance period for, for, for the Punjab. Really. Exactly, you put and in perfect word, yep. Yeah. He, he unified the, the country, Punjab, at that time, yep. and uh, brought in a lot of good things to make progress. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So, um, all right. So, I guess you can say something about if you, you know, what's happening in Ukraine and whether it, uh, in some way, resembles what happened during the partition in India? Well, Ukraine actually, if I, I'm looking at it the way I'm looking at it, that there is a, an effort by Russian President Vladimir Putin to divide Ukraine into two sections, at least. That's what appears based on whatever we are reading or whatever we have seen since last uh, since end of the cold war even before the cold war the similarities are with the punjab and i will mention here also bengal which part is bangladesh part west bengal we had we were known as east punjab before punjab was east punjab was divided into haryana and himachal pradesh 
and that 60% of the Punjab is in Pakistan side. The Britishers actually, based on what I have read and coming to a sort of like a conclusion on my part at least, that Britishers wanted to weaken the communities which really opposed them. And Sikhs were at the forefront for that, even though the Sikhs fought against Britishers and for Britishers, but not in the World War I. World War I, Sikhs fought with the Britishers, but at the same time, they never gave up their uh, desire to be the free nation. But after World War One, then when the Britishers promised and then, you know, did not stick to their agreement, that's where the Sikhs started their own Indian National Army and Indian National Army, 95% of that Indian National Army was either the Sikhs or the Bengalis. Well, that, that and is, that's where that the division comes in. Yeah. And no, that's where I, the similarities come in for Ukraine. The Sikhs have a reputation of, of being the backbone of the Indian military, the backbone of agriculture in India, and working hard, then you know they don't go begging for food because they do help, they believe in helping each other. So I think that in some respects, perhaps the British, as you said, wanted to um, eliminate the parties that would be stronger than them or, or, or weaken them, as you said. So I also feel that maybe because of the partition, they wanted to also weaken the government of India by dividing the country and giving the best part of India, the most resourceful part, putting it in Pakistan. Do you think that is true? Well, uh, based on the facts of the time, both your statements happen to be true, but also at that time, British probably never estimated or understood the resolve, resolve of the sex. Even though during the partition, the biggest community which suffered financially and physically were the sex. But then again, they came, they got established, and look where they are. Right. as of today in spite you know, of so mm -hmm. britishers also um you know anybody anybody uh, when the things happen they uh, the ruler makes their own calculations but the community whichever that oppressed community if i may say so or they assume that they can oppress a community they make the decisions but within six sikhism is such a force chardikala all the time even that when you are down you ask a sec how are you he will be like oh i'm doing good i'm in chardikala yeah you or, will be like always optimistic always positive. always optimistic always to move forward always looking for how to earn your own bread and butter without begging or yeah. asking chardikala is the rising spirit never oh, never yeah. goes down exactly um, yeah, I I have to say that I'm really um, sad about and still about the Sikhs having really lost their homeland to history now. 
and um, my own family had to move. So it was the biggest migration in world history ever. And there was a lot of suffering. Anyhow, I thank you for being on this panel and, and explaining to us. And of course, you can see how colorful and beautiful the parade is and being so important as in the Sikh community to establish the Sikhs as human beings who help others and are not selfish and they should be more recognized and have more rights. And I can tell you when I came here in the 60s, mm -hmm. um, you said you couldn't get employment because of the beard and turban. I wanted to get into the film world and I was told to go home. I didn't have blue eyes or blonde hair or an American accent. And that was in the 60s. That has changed today. So I'm fulfilling my dreams today. <laughs> well, anyway, so thank you and we congratulate you for all the accomplishments and achievements and hopefully next time you're running in the city for city council that you will be elected. So um, thank you again and congratulations for everything. Again, from me, thank you for having me as a guest and thanks to Foreign Press Association for putting it together and yes, like I said, Chardi Kala, stay there and we will achieve. We make the path so that the next generation can travel on that. And we'll go on doing that. Wonderful. Thank you again. I also would like to thank the Big Apple government for having these great parades in the city and recognizing our diversity. The parades are an expression of our melting pot of different nationalities. And it's they're so colorful, it's so wonderful. And um, thousands of people come out to see these. So it's, it's also great entertainment. I am Sarab Zavaleta again, speaking for the Foreign Press Association. Please go on our website and become a member if you like. There are all different categories of membership and we have many events. And please join us for these digital, political and cultural talks. And if you can donate something to the Foreign Press Association, we appreciate that. It allows the journalists and media people to continue bringing you news and information. Thank you again. <laughs>